Do you ever find yourself confused when it comes to health and fitness? Have you been searching relentlessly on the most effective ways to achieve your fitness-related goals, only to find yourself even more frustrated? Well, we've got you covered. It's time to learn from the best, shorten your learning curve, and truly understand how to achieve your goals without spinning your wheels and wasting precious time. Welcome to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast. Welcome back to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Mike Perry, and I'm here with my good buddy, Brett Jones. Brett, how you doing, man? Fabulous. Just um, enjoying another lovely winter day in Pittsburgh and um, getting ready to uh, I don't know, work, which I always seem to do. So, Yeah, that's unacceptable. That's, that's overrated. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, so... Today's podcast is is something that's uh, near and dear to my heart and, uh, you know, with Brett as well is uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about um, going back to our cancer journeys and we're going to share a lot of stuff today regarding that. But um, for those of you that that don't know, um, and the reason why I wanted to talk about this today was actually two years ago today, I was actually preparing for uh, my surgery and uh, I had been diagnosed with uh, stage three colon cancer. Um, I had went in for a colon, uh, went in for a colonoscopy, um, and, uh, they found something and they were pretty sure it was a 99% sure that it was cancer and that was without a biopsy. So we knew, we knew something was going on. So I, uh, had to make some decisions and, um, you know, I basically had to go into surgery where they did a resection and, and, and took out, um, you know, obviously a portion of that portion of my colon and, uh, some lymph nodes because it did, it did spread quite a bit. So, uh, you know, I had to go in and get that, that removed. And then, uh, after that, after I healed up, I, um, I, uh, had to do chemotherapy for six months and my chemotherapy regimen was, uh, every other week. Um, I, uh, I'd go to the hospital, I'd get an infusion for about three to four hours. Um, cause I had a, a port in my chest. And then, uh, from there, I would go home, I would meet a visiting nurse who would attach me to a chemotherapy pump and I would be on that pump for 48 hours. Um, and I did that for six months and, uh, the type of chemo I was on, it was called Folfox. It was, uh, it's actually one of the most neurotoxic chemotherapies, uh, in the world. Um, it's, it's pretty nasty stuff. Um, all chemotherapy is pretty nasty, but, um, you know, this, this specific, uh, cocktail is, is something that, uh, it can mess you up a little bit. And, um, you know, the surgery sucked. I'll be honest. The surgery was hard because it's in, basically they, they, they cut you wide open and they, you know, have to remove everything. And, uh, that was tough, man. I I've never felt pain like that. And, uh, it took me about a month to recover. And then, um, when I did my, uh, when I did my chemo, it was, uh, it was hard. The first, the first, uh, round that I did, they gave me a bunch of steroids and, uh, I mean, they just had me hopped up on that. And that was part of, uh, part of their way to manage nausea. They gave me some anti-nausea as well, but first one, I actually felt okay. I mean, I was tired and a little nauseous, but it wasn't too, too bad, but I wasn't, I wasn't able to sleep because, uh, the high dose of steroids that they gave me, which was dexamethasone was, was keeping me up. And I started to develop insomnia and that happened for the first few treatments. And then from there, um, it was getting harder and harder. And, uh, but I had to stop because uh, I had gotten to a point where, uh, I was not sleeping and I probably didn't get a full night's sleep for, you know, uh, four to six weeks. So I had to change some things up. Um, 
And uh, we had to, you know, take out the steroids and try to find some other ways to manage uh, the the side effects for the chemotherapy, the nausea, um, the, uh, you know, the extreme tiredness, the, the fatigue. Um, and at that point, I was also developing some pretty, pretty significant neuropathy in my fingertips, um, which actually started at the fingertips and eventually traveled down towards my hands where my entire hand was affected and the same thing with my feet. So I, my motor skills were completely shot at that point too. Um, I couldn't tie my shoes. It took me forever uh, holding things. I would drop stuff a lot. Um, it was hard. Um, and, and as I continued my, uh, my cancer journey, I had more and more uh, side effects. Uh, there were a few times where, you know, I'd come in, I'd have my chemo pump and, uh, I have to go to the bathroom and, and take care of business and be sick. And then again, get some mouthwash and grab the toothbrush and get back on the floor. And I did that a lot. I actually, um, I didn't take any days off, uh, during my entire chemo, chemotherapy treatment. And, uh, I kept grinding and, uh, I ended up doing the full 12 rounds of full Fox. Um, it's pretty brutal towards the end. There were a few weeks where, um, the side effects were worse. I couldn't actually drink or swallow anything because my throat was closing up. My tongue had gotten so swollen that it was cracking. And I couldn't eat or drink because the pain was so bad. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was hard, but, but fortunately, um, at this stage in the game, two years later, I'm cancer free. Um, but, um, listen, we don't have a huge platform here. We're not, we're not Joe Rogan. Um, you know, not, we're not these big names, but for the people that do listen, uh, we want to share our, our journeys and, and we want to share the fact that look, despite how healthy you think you are things can happen. People looked at me and thought I was a picture of health. Here I am a younger, you know, fairly young guy. Um, at that time I was 41 years old. I looked the part, trained a lot. Um, I looked healthy, but I was not healthy. I looked fit, but I was not healthy. And, uh, yeah, that, that was a big wake up call. And, and, and as of now, two years later, I'm cancer free, which is, which is pretty awesome. But, um, it sucked, man. The surgery sucked. Chemotherapy is awful. Um, it's pretty brutal. And, uh, there's a lot of people out there that weren't as lucky as me that, that were, um, you know, dealing with uh, colorectal cancer as well. And, and I met some amazing people along the way, people that have beat it, um, that we're friends with, but other people aren't so lucky. So we wanted to take this opportunity to, you know, talk about colorectal cancer awareness and, and March is colorectal cancer awareness month. And, um, you know, it's far too many people are getting diagnosed with this nasty disease. And I think the last time that I checked one out of every 23 or 24 people will be diagnosed with colon cancer. That's a pretty, pretty high number, man. And, uh, it's easily preventable if you catch it early. If you don't catch it early, if I waited another year, I'd probably be dead or I would probably have the majority of my insides gone. So look like, again, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't want to be overly dramatic, but man, if you're, if you're dealing with stomach issues and you don't know why, and you think you have stomach sensitivities, or maybe you get constipated or maybe you have diarrhea. I mean, I, again, I don't want to get too in depth with this stuff because that's, you know, it's not a comfortable thing to talk about, but look, um, if you are noticing changes, when you go to the bathroom, you need to go see your doctor and, and the screening age right now is 45 years old. That's too late. I was diagnosed at 41. I actually hope, and, and, and they're starting to try to make some, some laws where people can get screened earlier. But, um, if you are around that age, 35, 40, 45 years old, and you start to noticing, go get a colonoscopy, talk to your physicians, look at your, your family history, man. Like I didn't even realize that three out of my four grandparents had colon cancer. No one ever told me because my family didn't talk about that shit. So 
you gotta, you gotta take care of yourself, man. And, 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 and I, and I say this uh, emphatically, you gotta do these tests. You gotta look out for yourself because like literally this is a, this is a nasty disease that kills people every single year and it's truly preventable. So, um, you know, take care of yourselves. Um, look into your medical history, talk to your doctors. Don't be afraid to talk about this stuff. I know it's a weird subject when you're talking about colon cancer and rectal cancer, and we're talking about people's butts. I understand that it's not the most comfortable thing, but it's the reality of, of what we're dealing with. And it's a nasty disease. And, um, you know, I encourage you guys to just, to, uh, to just take care of yourselves and, and, and be proactive with your health advocate for your own health, advocate for the health of your loved ones, because you never know, you never know. You could go in thinking it's a routine thing and like, holy shit, we found something. So, um, be proactive with your health and, uh, take care of yourself because uh, you just never know. And listen, there's so many people that have, that have the exact same story, uh, as I have. And, 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 uh, you know, I'm going to try to use my platform here to spread this message as much as possible. And if this can help, if this podcast that we're recording right now can help save someone's life, then my job is done. You know, my job is, is not done, but I, I feel like I've done the right thing and it's all about awareness. So, um, get your colonoscopies friends. Um, it's super, super important. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things, man, it's just brutal. And, and I would hate for people to wait and wait and wait, come to, and then come to find out it's too late. Hundred percent. Um, two things, um, and I'll I'll send you the photo, but uh, maybe we use it in the show notes. But uh, it's one of my favorite, only favorite memes, and it's a billboard that says, "This year, thousands of men will die from stubbornness," and somebody spray painted on it, "No, we won't." Exactly, <laughs> which pretty much exactly encapsulates. Yeah, it, it pretty much encapsulates how a lot of people approach their healthcare. Um, there's a lot of stubbornness. There's a lot of unwillingness to do the routine, uh, and to be, uh, um, your own advocate and to be aggressive with your own care. Um, and then the other thing is, I, I think part of the reason for that is we do get uncomfortable. You know, we, we as a society are not comfortable with things like, I, I'll, I'll speak for myself. Like I, I get cringy when somebody mentions diarrhea. I'm like, oh God, do we really have to talk about that? Like, why are we doing that? So we, we, we have this uh, embarrassment around uh, all of these things. And um, we need to get a lot more comfortable with things like rectum, colon, uh, diarrhea, constipation, like a lot of these things need to just become way more comfortable, uh, conversation pieces and things that you can talk to. I, I'm not saying stand on the street corner and, you know, broadcast your, uh, your bowel movements. Uh, but, uh, you know, oh, you wait, you're not be able to, we're not supposed to do you're that. Not, <laughs> oh, you're, so you there you go. That? That's what's been wrong, but you should be able to do that with your doctor right? You should be able to do that within your family. And so, you know, for me, um, you know, it's, I definitely, uh, um, I, I think I have to overcome some embarrassment and uh, being uncomfortable with, with some of those terms. And, you know, um, I had cancer a year before Mike did, um, throat cancer, primary tonsillar squamous cell carcinoma, stage three. Uh, my treatment was primarily radiation. Uh, I did have two 
um, chemotherapy and injections, uh, cisplatin, um, a little different uh, uh, chemotherapy drug. And the purpose of, of cisplatin within my treatment was to amplify the radiation. Um, and I made it through two of the treatments. Um, I had a lot of nausea, a lot of, a lot of problems with that. I was dealing with a lot of pain from the radiation and, um, it was, a, it was not only a rough seven weeks of treatment, but another six to eight weeks after of recovery, because that radiation stays active, uh, in your body for quite some period of time afterwards, um, to the point that I was on fentanyl patches for, um, several weeks, uh, after treatment just to manage the pain uh, and everything that was happening. And kind of a funny moment, I, I went back into my ENT and this was like a year after the end of treatment, um, uh, talking to my ENT and I'm like, Hey, you know, since, since that cancer was in my, uh, my um, um, tonsils, should we, should we remove those? And he kind of tilted his head to the side, like he'd heard a sharp whistle, like, like my dog, he goes, um, you don't have those anymore. <laughs> like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, the radiation burned those away. Like you, you no longer have tonsils. They're gone. Um, and if that gives you any idea of how intense the radiation is that you're under, like it burned away, uh, organs. <laughs> and, um, now my throat looks nice and smooth cause it's all been burned away. And so, um, you know, being a cancer survivor myself and being, um, now 51, almost 52 years old, uh, obviously the, the need for a colonoscopy, uh, jumped to the, to the top of the list. So late last year, I did a home, um, fit occult. It's, it's where you look for blood in the stool. Uh, so I did one of those home tests and it popped positive for blood. Now that's like getting a high blood pressure diagnosis, right? We don't know why your blood pressure is high, but we just know it's high. We don't know why you have blood in your stool. You just have blood in your stool. You need the colonoscopy to find out. So February 3rd, um, I had my, my, uh, my colonoscopy and they found a, a nice small three millimeter precancerous uh, polyp that they were able to remove. But they also found a 25 millimeter polyp um, about four inches up the colon from the rectum. Uh, that we then needed to schedule a flexible, flexible sigmoidoscopy uh, to get removed. And uh, when you've already, there's cancer diagnosis in 2016 uh, for melanoma, cancer diagnosis in 2020 for uh, primary tonsil or squamous cell, wasn't looking for one in 2023. And I still don't know the answer. Um, the procedure's done. That is in pathology. I'll find out. Um, hopefully today, um, but I'll find out what the results of that are. But when you've already heard that twice, uh, the amount of stress that you go under, and we've talked before about scanxiety, uh, when you have upcoming scans and, and doctor's visits and you, you get, a little, get a little anxious about uh, what could be coming down the pipe uh, from future scans and, and things like that. Um, well, knowing that there's this 25 millimeter polyp in my colon that could very easily be something not pleasant um, has really weighed on my mind uh, over the last month plus um, was scheduled on February 24th. Uh, my wife was in a car accident on the 23rd. Thank God she was able to walk away from that, but rescheduled my 
colonoscopy for or my flexible sigmoidoscopy for uh, yesterday. <laughs> so here we are on the podcast um, just after my uh, flexible sigmoidoscopy um, where they were able to remove this, this polyp and, and I'm waiting on the, uh, on the pathology. So here I sit as somebody that is a, um, I've had cancer twice. One of those required major treatment. Um, but I still needed to do, I've had PET scans. I've had MRIs. I've had CAT scans. I've had, I still needed to do the home test and still needed to do the colonoscopy so that, that this could be found. And so anybody at home who's sitting there, um, well, I eat great and I, you know, I train five days a week and I'm, I'm all fit and my cancer doesn't care. Doesn't so <laughs> get, get your colonoscopy, get your screenings, get the home kit, do, do the, do the fit, uh, occult blood test, uh, and, and check the stool, do Colagard. I mean, if you're just, you're not comfortable with the, the idea of getting a colonoscopy, do Colagard, do something, uh, to be proactive and to make sure that this isn't a problem and okay. Colonoscopy prep, not the most pleasant thing in the world. Um, I choose to do two tabs, which means taking 12 tablets and some water and doing that twice uh, versus some of the other prep kits. And yeah, you spend a lot of time in the bathroom and uh, you're you're cleared out uh, by the time you go into the procedure. So what? Get over it. Everybody's had diarrhea. I mean, just deal with it and do it. Yeah. Um, ignorance is not bliss. There's many situations in life where I think ignorance is bliss. Your health no. is not one of them. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't need to know how a microwave works. I'm I'm happy with my ignorant bliss. Uh, I don't know how my car works. I'm happy with my ignorant bliss. You don't get to have ignorant bliss when it comes to your health. You need to be involved. You need to you need to go through these things. And you know, Mike and I have obviously you know off podcast times. Um, we actually are friends, and we do uh, we do chat quite a bit. <laughs> and um, you know, we've we've talked a lot about this, and um, you know, being being open, being forthright. Um, you know, it, it's if we can raise awareness, and one person listens to this and goes and gets their their scans. I had people after I had my melanoma, and I recommended people you know get to the doctor to to get to the dermatologist, get your skin checked. I had people that contact me. And, and it was, yeah, they found a precancerous. They found a this, they found a that. I had this dealt with. Thank you so much. Um, you've already had that experience with uh, having been open about your journey o- over the last couple of years. Um, my squamous cell uh, throat cancer was a little, a little different. That's not something you typically scan for, um, but definitely pay attention to what's going on in your body and ask questions and be willing to go through those scams. Um, I, I know that, uh, you know, Mike was an inspiration for me. Um, and you know, the, the fact that I carried through, um, cause I could have easily sat back and said, no, no, I've already had cancer and treatment. There's no way they could find anything on me. The case. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's one of those things, uh, you don't think it's going to happen to you until it does. And, uh, I remember when I woke up from my colonoscopy and I was still out of it. And actually Brett was, he, he, I think he was the first person I called and I was probably still pretty much out of it at that point, but I knew what I, I knew what I was saying. I don't remember the conversation, but I knew something was up and, um, it's a gut punch, man. It's a gut punch. And, uh, 
cancer does not discriminate. Like you said, I mean, you know, I, I, I went through the list of what did I do wrong? Like, did I, you know, was I enjoying, uh, you know, one too many IPAs or should I have not had that steak last week or all the other things. And obviously it's multifactorial, right? There's a big, there's a lot of do's and don'ts when it comes to cancer, but man, mine was pretty much genetics considering the fact that I had, you know, three out of my four grandparents that had it and one uncle. And by the way, I never knew about this shit until I was already diagnosed with cancer. So look into your medical history because like my family didn't talk about things guys. And uh, I wish they had because um, maybe I wouldn't have had to deal with this. And I guess the only saving grace is uh, there's, well, there's, there's a lot of good things about this whole thing. And I'm not saying it's good to get cancer. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. But now that I know that it runs in my families, my, I have two boys and and they can be proactive with their health and, and we can obviously educate them on it. But this is not stuff that we should be hiding from one another. Um, it's embarrassing. I get it. But I would rather be embarrassed for a short period of time than waiting five years and being diagnosed with cancer. Embarrassment is a short-lived man. Embarrassment is short-lived cancer. You may not live. So you have to, you just have to honestly deal with it. And like Brett said, yeah, the prep's not fun. It is what it is. We've all had an upset stomach. That's kind of what it's like. I did five of those in six and a half weeks. I did five colonoscopy preps in six and a half weeks. So I'm a, I'm pretty good at that. Right. And, uh, you know, it's on my resume. Um, so, uh, but you know, for me, it's, it's important guys. And, um, it's important for us to, uh, to, to take the time and share. And again, if one person listens to this and they go get tested and then catch something early, um, it's an amazing thing. And, uh, you know, we've got our small platform We're we're strength coaches. We're a couple of meatballs that like to swing kettlebells around, but, um, this is important guys. This is more important than barbells, kettlebell strength training. That stuff's very important because that's what we do. But, um, listen, get, take care of yourself, be proactive with your health, go get your appointments, ladies, get your mammograms. Okay. Gentlemen, get your colonoscopies, ladies, get your colonoscopies. If there are certain tests that you should be getting at certain ages, you need to do that. Don't skip your physical. Don't skip going to the dentist. You just don't know. You could go to the dentist. They do cancer screens at the dentist. A lot of the times they find things there too. So like, it's important to take care of yourself. And like, I can't stress this enough. Um, you know, just be proactive with your health. Um, you get one body, you literally only get one body. So take care of it. Um, and, uh, that's all I got for today. Brett, anything else you'd like to add my friend? Uh, well, I have two, two, uh, bad jokes, but, uh, let's, don't, don't why don't you close this out with the bad jokes and then, uh, <laughs> and then we can go from there. Well, the, uh, the first one is when, uh, when I was diagnosed with melanoma, um, if you remember uncle Buck, there's a scene in uncle Buck where he's talking to the principal and, and, uh, she's got a, a rather large mole, uh, on her face. It's made up. It's a movie. Everybody take a deep breath, uh, before you get upset with us, but this is in the movie. Um, uh, uncle Buck uh, tells her to, you know, here's a, <laughs> he, he looks at it and says, Oh, melanoma. Oh, uh, Buck melanoma. Buck. That's what everybody calls me. Buck melanoma. And so that's all I was going through my head when I got the diagnosis of melanoma. I'm like, Oh, Buck melanoma. <laughs> that's, that's what everybody calls me. Um, and, uh, and then when I found out I had a 
large, uh, okay, let's go medium size uh, polyp uh, near my rectum. Uh, all I could think of was a little Johnny joke. Um, oh, last night my mom uh, hit our hit our dog in the pardon my language hit our, hit our dog in the ass with a car. Little Johnny here in school we say rectum rectum damn near killed him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that's all that was going through my head, and that's that's actually from like a, uh, a, a Chris Farley movie, which I I can't remember the the name of, but you can, you can look it up. But they're um, all good. <laughs> you know, there, there, there are moments of levity uh, that you have to find when you're going through this. Um, I, I, you know, we, we've we've joked with each other on on multiple occasions, sometimes at our lowest moments <laughs> of uh, giving each other shits uh, just to uh, just to keep each other honest and uh, and show that we care for one another. Um, and, and there are moments of levity uh, that you can find. And there are. But but in the end, um it's deadly serious. Um, and if you can be the person that takes action, that finds something early uh, before it becomes something that needs treatment, um, that's a good thing. That's, that's a good thing. And, um, you know, we've, uh, we've been through the mill, been, been through enough. Um, like I said, I'm waiting on the pathology results, but uh, I've got my fingers crossed that this is uh, one and done. And uh you know, precancerous and doesn't require any other, any other treatment, but we'll find out and uh, we'll deal with whatever uh, comes along. And, you know, like my procedure um, a few years ago, that's a full abdominal surgery like you had, even though it's only a 25 millimeter uh, polyp. Um, so everything's progressing, everything better with early detection. And so just to hammer away again, colorectal cancer awareness month, Maybe we'll do another one of these when we get to uh, head and neck cancer awareness a month um, and take action and be proactive. And um, yeah, so all, all levity and, and joking aside, take action. Um, Absolutely. And uh, look, we always close the podcast asking people to share and to rate the podcast. And and honestly, right now, I don't give a damn about the rating of our podcast and, and, and it is what it is, but I'm going to ask you, please share this one. This is, this is important. Absolutely. So hundred um, percent. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, we appreciate you guys and uh, get your colonoscopy. Hey friends. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, we're going to ask you for a favor please leave us some positive reviews. Be sure to subscribe and share with your friends, family, and colleagues. Thanks again for listening to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast.